0: Exit. It's going to happen eventually, or maybe not. Meanwhile, we'll argue over what Brexit means. Does Brexit mean Brexit, or does it mean uh, Brexit? Because who knows what Brexit is? Do we care anymore? Can we take much more of it? More importantly, is it a good idea, or a really bad idea, or somewhere in between? If you are confused, annoyed, jubilant, or disinterested, or on the verge of a mental breakdown from overexposure to Brexit... Uh, we'll look at it from two people who come at it from different directions. That's me and Steve Keane. That is today on the Debunking Economics podcast. Yeah, before we uh, talk Brexit, let's talk about last week, first of all, because uh, I made an error. Yes, I know. Uh, Steve was trying to remember the man behind the internet, and I said, Berners-Lee. So thank you, Bijou Smith. Uh, for pointing out that Berners-Lee wasn't the man, he invented HTTP, of course, so that makes him the inventor of the World Wide Web, not the Internet. So uh, maybe I should have said Vint Cerf, perhaps, or... Maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut, which is uh, probably what I should have done now. Brexit we have largely avoided it on this podcast we're hoping it would go away, but it won 't not any anytime soon and you know I guess we had to get to it sometime because we've been doing this podcast uh Steve Keen and I for two years or more, and well actually more well over two years I think we're up to three yeah, years now. Yeah. And you know what, Steve? I don't think I've looked through the list. I mean, we've t- we've touched on the subject. We have not done a full podcast on Brexit. So I thought now everyone is bored to the back teeth with it. That's the time for us to pounce mm. and start talking about it.
1: I, I still I'm still finding it hard to process that. I mean, you and I we were on other sides of the vote when it yep. first happened. We had a few. We've never actually done a podcast. No, on we Brexit. haven't. So
0: let's get it. I think because we knew it was be it was going to be ugly. And
1: so now, uh,
0: well, we knew Brexit was going to be ugly, but if we did a podcast on it, because yeah. we've got slightly different views, mm. although I think we've probably got more common ground than uncommon ground. Mm. And maybe this is uh, maybe this is the, the the problem that we have, you and I, because I think we can look at this perhaps a little bit more dispassionately, because there is so much passion mm. tied into the Brexit argument. I
1: know, so yeah, let me tell you yeah. where
0: I think you stand, then you tell me where you think I stand. How about that for a way okay. of doing this? I think you think... the. The EU uh, was a bad idea once it got beyond the idea of a common market. In fact, I'm not even sure you think the common market is a good idea
1: because... I know, the common market was a good idea. Okay. All right.
0: But definitely. then, it, like a lot of people, you believe it became too political. And you believe that when Britain leaves, uh, the EU will fall apart. That that was your belief. So you wanted Britain to leave because you saw it as being an end to the, to the EU.
1: Yeah, that's true. I, I, well, I, I thought it was possible that uh, my, my way of phrasing it was: I'd rather have a polite end to, to the, um, particularly the eurozone, but the, the, mm. the, the overall agenda at the European Commission, uh, with a polite exit by Britain rather than a rudiment one by France or Italy. Right. But it looks like uh, so much for polite. It's been a total farce.
0: So where do I sit? What's my what's my take on all of this then? As far as you,
1: well, I, th- I thought you were very, very strongly in favour of the common mar- of the common market yeah. itself. You thought the transition cost would be enormous, and I think you sort of saw potentially the the Brexit campaign was a, a form of internal right wing coup. Yeah,
0: pretty much. And yeah, yeah. and it, and is it worth it at the end of the day? Because I because I don't believe if we leave the the EU will fall apart. I think it will.
1: It- well, I think that's one I've got to concede to you because it's still, you know, it, it, it isn't exactly like Um, standing on the podium holding the gold medal, mm. but it's still intact. Uh, and that's even after we have a the uh, election originally of what was a potentially uh, anti-European Union a coalition in italy and and that's how yeah and yeah. also
0: is it i mean in fact is it going to find that the things we don't like about the eu are they going to become which is sort of like this uh you know greater control uh, and less sovereignty with britain out of the argument is it going to go more down that road in fact is it is it going to become you know the things that you don't like about the eu are they going to become worse for the countries inside the uh, inside the eu mm.
1: Mm. it's possible isn't well, it well it's possible. I mean, um, it, it, to me, I mean, I think I've, we just said a, what has happened through the whole process has been a classic case of the sh- just dysfunctionality of the of the of the British political system. Mm. Overall, and I mean, I used to joke when when I first arrived after spending some time in the UK that I'm not amazed that Britain lost an empire. I'm amazed that it found one in the first but place. But but it has
0: been tackling an impossible question, hasn't it? And it, it the, the, because it all does get back to the whole thing about the border with Ireland. Uh,
1: that is the, that and that I must admit that's one area that I uh, d- did not fully. Appreciate well, neither did
0: anybody, I, and that's the bizarre I think thing,
1: isn't true. it? that's True, yeah, and, yeah, and, which is ridiculous. And, and yeah. even
0: in amongst all of this, even if we sort that out, no one's talking about Gibraltar what the hell happens there? You know, there's a bit of Britain sitting in the middle of Europe
1: as well. Yeah, uh, that, that could fall off the edge of the map and nobody'd worry. I mean, that uh, the we don't expect the Gibraltons to start leading uh, internal bombing campaigns against each other or going across the border and dropping them in, in Portugal right. or Spain. But it can happen uh, in Ireland, absolutely. Yeah. It can happen in Ireland. Like you know, if, that that is one of those incredibly fragile situations. You have to take your hat off to the to the groups that the individuals who led ultimately to the to the um, the, tra- the 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 um the the, the, tr- the troubles being ended. I don't quite know how to, how to mm. praise that. Yeah,
0: with the Good but Friday a, Agreement,
1: what- with a true achievement, yeah. uh, going against an ingrained level of animosity that goes back virtually half a millennium and which is still uh, absolutely bubbling near the surface. Well, when isn't there
0: the danger government. that all of that is now going to be demolished? Because no. there
1: is there is no answer yeah. to
0: this Irish border. That I mean, that is the problem. And if you look at well, uh, the answer that Boris Johnson has come up with, which is in effect saying, well, let's move that Irish border so that it's actually a, a border between Northern Ireland and the mainland, we know that's not going to stick. So uh, I, I don't think the deal that he's got, even if he manages to get a majority uh, in Parliament, I don't think that's going to stick, and if it does stick, it's not going to stick around. It's not going to be the permanent arrangement.
1: Well, it would be. It would be a feasible permanent arrangement if the, all the parties and the in the island of Ireland uh, were willing to tolerate it. But of course, the uh, the what the DUP uh, their are opposition to it is because if they have something different about the island of Ireland versus Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, and uh, the United Kingdom. Then they see that as the first step towards an integration yeah. with with the Republic of Ireland e- they are opposed even, to-
0: even though they were conveniently and- happy to have different laws like for example abortion uh which uh you know they were unaligned, you know, Britain was aligned with uh, the, the Republic of Ireland. With the European
1: Union, yeah, I, that's yeah, true. Yeah, more
0: than uh, Northern Ireland was. But look, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. but this, what we've got now is an administrative nightmare, isn't it? Because we're going to have goods that come out of uh, the UK, sorry, out of Great Britain, I should say, that go to Northern Ireland. Uh, now we're going to have taxes collected on them and tariffed as though, if they're a reasonable quantity, as though they are heading to Europe. And then if they stay in Northern Ireland, they're going to claim the tax you know the the recipient is claiming the tax back on it so that if that was a small amount of goods then that would be fine but in fact northern ireland buys 13.3 billion dollars of goods from great britain it only buys 2.6 billion from ireland so in fact we're putting a burden of administration on where the vast majority of goods is going and that's that's going to be a huge cost isn't it so all that you can only assume that means costs of goods is going to go up for people in in northern ireland or they start buying from i guess from the irish republic rather than buying from mainland britain
1: yeah, or you have uh, the cost being absorbed by the uh, British uh, Treasury, which it should do because the whole reason for the double arrangement is to enable uh, Britain to do what Britain voted, uh, not, largely actually. What, which, which, which northern was the it was the middle of England and the and and part of the south that were the main areas voting for Brexit in terms of majority. No, the north, voters. north,
0: north of England, staunchly north, north. of England. The south, staunchly the south was okay. a bit of a mix. Obviously, London was very much remain. Uh, uh, You get down to the southwest and you get into, into Brexit territory, but the Brexit heartland is definitely the north of England, apart from Liverpool
1: which, of course, makes it the pre-industrial belt, the mm. belt that suffered under yeah. Thatcherism. And and so that's in, in that sense, their vote, uh, with, as has been said many times by others, was fundamentally a vote against austerity Yeah, because they're, they're the ones who've grown the brand, not just the shutting down of the industrial sector of the UK, which began under Maggie. Well, it, it was it made into an objective of policy under Maggie Thatcher. was happening beforehand in many ways as well. But uh, those are the people who suffered, first of all, under 30 years of, uh, generally speaking, Tory-ish government uh, and and then thought, saw themselves as suffering under the European Union as well and basically wanted to kick anybody in the proverbials who um, who said, you you know, if you don't vote this way, you'll lose all that. And they said, we should be worried about losing this. Uh, hence, they vote for Brexit. Now, of course, the campaign that Boris is leading is trying to... Send into it. Meld that, Absolutely. Well, trying try to meld that group with the... Um, with the sort of uh, empiric uh, remnants of the Tory party, uh, which is a ridiculous political coalition when you think about it. Well, I mean, what
0: he's doing, in fact, is taking what, uh, it's just politicking pure and simple, isn't it? He's taking what Jeremy Corbyn said last time. So he's saying, yeah, we're going to put more money into the health service. We're going to put more money back into police. We're going to put more money into education. Uh, and forget about the fact that, he, you know, he's heading the government that uh, led austerity for, for so many years because, obviously, politicking, they see, well, that's the way we're going to take the, uh, the the Brexiteers who are voting Labour at the moment. Let's get them over to the side for the first time perhaps in their life. And
1: that's what I've always always seen as being Boris Johnson's campaign, Mm. because the the, the Remain versus exit uh, Brexit camp split the other political parties, uh, including the Tories for that matter. But if he can unite the Tories behind him and then exploit the divided vote between Labour, SNP and the other other parties, then, and including the Brexit party now, saying he's more Brexit than Brexit, uh, then he wins a landslide and becomes a, you know... His ambition, Churchill mark two, but the
0: (laughs) it's yeah, and is he is he going to pull it off? He probably will because people believe him because he. uh uh, he's charismatic and people like charismatic people irrespective of what comes out of their mouth it seems uh, but do you still think it's a good idea so if the, I mean you you voted presumably to leave. Yeah.
1: I didn't Yeah, I voted to leave. Yeah. I
0: didn't vote because I wasn't allowed to because even though I'm more British than you are I wasn't living in, you are, I, yeah. I wasn't living in the right country at the time so. You were overseas were you I was a time? few weeks before I moved back to the UK and I, because I've been overseas okay. for more than 15 years I couldn't vote like uh, lots of people in, in Europe couldn't vote so um yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 like uh europeans uh, living in england couldn't vote for that particular referendum even though they can vote in local council elections so we know who they are oh, but go yeah. figure
1: yeah and no, I, I voted <laughs> i voted for it but largely without looking at the potential impact on on the uk because i simply want to see you mm. uh, know I, I call myself a groucho marxist over this i didn't want to be a member of a club uh, like the european union If there's a way of getting out, then let's take advantage of it. I didn't expect the vote to win. Um, Again, the polls were misleading. The polls implied Remain would be a comfortable, not a comfortable victory, but would, 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 would win overall. So it was a surprise to everybody when it went through. I hadn't thought about the Northern Ireland issue thoroughly. My position mainly was that what determines the Economic performance of a country is fundamentally its investment level. What determines the current rate of economic growth or, uh, or economic, uh, whether the economy is rising or falling, is fundamentally credit, not the international trade situation. Mm. Uh, you remember at the time Lagarde and all the various. Official bodies were coming up predicting an absolute catastrophe for the economy if Brexit won. And of course, it sailed right through with no particular impact. Mm. So that's one time. Puff, from, from the value
0: of the pound. That was, uh, that was really the. Only yeah,
1: way, yeah. It? But they, 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 then again, there are good arguments, and John Mills has been making this for a long, long time. The pound is overvalued, courtesy of the impact of the of the financial sector on the value of the pound, of the pound itself mm. and that's undermining manufacturing. And if you need to get manufacturing going, one of the many factors necessary to rebuild the manufacturing sector in the UK is the lower value of the pound. So I did I saw that as a useful a side effect of brexit rather than uh, yeah anything to although the, the fact about. the
0: pound every time there's you know there's talk of some sort of deal the pound starts to bounce back maybe not as far as it was before before we left but sometimes uh, not far from it it's only when there's talk of a no deal that the pound starts to sag a little but do you think um you know let's talk about trade because that's an, uh, we can talk about investment as well but i mean uh we 45 percent of our exports in yeah, goods and services go to the eu 53 percent of our imports come from the eu uh i mean all tariff free obviously it would surely hurt if we were to lose that relationship wouldn't it
1: it had hurt a bit, but not a lot. I mean, the tariffs are nothing like what they used to be back in the 50s and 60s. People mm. talk about how, you know, again, this is the whole obsession with comparative advantage and the belief that specialisation is what drives economic performance. I've always regarded that as a, as a load of codswallop and it's what, what drives economic performance is investment fundamentally. And, in fact, when you look at the history of development for including the major nations of the planet these days, including the UK for that matter, uh, and also United States, Uh, Germany, Japan, China itself, they all succeeded by a period of protecting their domestic industries in some fashion but simultaneously putting them under pressure to innovate and become – globally competitive over time. right? But if you're and saying, if, far,
0: yeah, we yeah. know the, the history of Japan, absolutely, but yeah. on, on that basis, high tariffs help to nurture industries to help them to develop and that's, it's of them in good stead over time. But I mean, the fact of the tariffs aren't so great, that means that it's unlikely if you to see those tariffs, tariffs emerge, it, it's going to change the structure of, of British industry. We're not going to start manufacturing stuff that we see being manufactured or grown very often in Europe, are we?
1: No, but we're likely to. I mean, I think what's more likely to hit us is the impact on international trade of of uh, realising how serious the climate situation is. That'll, that'll play the role of tariffs this time round. But in terms of changing the focus away from... Hang on, but you, how do you mean by that? In what way? We'll be banning international trade at some oh, point right. because of the impact of pollution. Right, because things have to travel so far.
0: Well, in which that's case, right. we'll be buying stuff from Europe because that's nice and close, rather than, for example, the 15 to 18% of trade we do with the United yeah. States. I mean,
1: I have, no, I have no desire to leave the European um, uh, there's an advantage in terms of a, la- a large free trade zone for a, for a continent like mm. Europe, the same sense that America got out of it being a continental power. Uh, it was possible for, uh, you know, first, if we had a common culture, well, relatively common culture across the entire country, certainly a common language, a common administration, and that gave you enormous economies of scale, which enabled companies like Boeing and so on to develop over time. And a large part of the ambition of forming the European Union, and you can still see it in today's rhetoric, uh, is about building something which is economically equivalent to the United States of Europe, even though you can't make a political United States of Europe. Mm. And the the economic argument for that, in terms of economies of scale, is quite valid. So I could see an argument in favour of remaining, and that while leaving the the elements of the European Union which are which are a catastrophe, which are fundamentally the focus that have been imposed by conventional poly, economists in the European Commission, yeah. In so favor that's of austerity so that's not hand. the structure
0: necessarily. That's just the way it's been applied. That is the fact that the the, the yeah, bigwigs in all, Europe have been non- listening too much to those economists.
1: But there's also an element of the politics itself being part of it because Milton Friedman even made this case very well when he argued against the idea of the uh, a euro, a, a euro currency and that is mm. that you, ha- you have to have as well as a, uh, a, a, a central bank, you have to have treasuries uh, that enable taxes to uh, government spending to be net putting a deficit into parts of the country that are economically suffering because of, Industrial, industrial development and so on And maybe taxing the areas that are growing So if you look at what happens in America no, no, I don't know what the trade balance is Between California and uh, Arkansas But I'm sure California exports more to Arkansas Than back in the other direction Nobody knows and nobody cares in one sense Because all the uh, uh, things like sort of welfare payments and, and so on not enough of them, frankly, but they're paid out of the national mm. budget rather than out of the local yeah. budget. So well, look if, at the if, UK. If, I,
0: mean, that's, I mean, there's a big north-south divide and obviously yeah. far more welfare payments going up north and a, and a lot of the wealth is being generated in the south.
1: So if you think about it, Europe on the same front, that, that was going to be effective in Europe. Mm. You need to have a much, much larger government, central government, yeah. and, and relatively smaller what are currently national governments, but effectively are, are state governments, given the fact that they can't create their own money. Yeah. Now. And that's, that and we spoke, we spoke risk. about this
0: recently in a recent podcast. Now, in fact, yeah. we talked about it in the yeah. context of Europe because Mario Draghi had been saying, well, you know, maybe we're, when we were talking about modern monetary theory, we talked about this because mm. Mario Draghi had been yeah. saying, yeah. well, maybe we need to be looking at things like MMT, which would mean, you know, providing more fiscal support, which would mean you would need a more centralized EU to uh, divvy yeah. up those funds.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Again, I mean, the, the, then you get the cultural uh, difficulties. Mm. Um, at that stage, you'd need to have – now you'd need to have Germans being willing to pay taxes to the benefit of Greeks. Yeah. Of course, if you went back 60 years, you'd need to have Greeks willing, willing to pay benefit their taxes for the benefit of Germans. That little detail seems to, to have been forgotten now, and people would have resentment about you know, taxes being effectively higher in the region we call Germany and lower in the region we call Greece – Uh, If you actually went to having a centralized, uh, Te- treasury that could match the centralized currency, well, but I think it's it just. To me, it just was always a, a mistake. Um, the, the trouble is, the public really enjoyed the euro because it means you can travel anywhere in continental Europe and use the same currency.
0: But shouldn't and, but shouldn't Germany be taxed more? I mean, because if, if you look at who's benefiting from the euro, obviously uh, it's Germany. They're exporting more because it's uh, because the euro is worth less uh, than the Deutschmark would yeah, be. They've, and,
1: they've, they've, they've been the beneficiaries. I've right. without a doubt. So in that so, case.
0: Yes. Shouldn't, but, shouldn't we give it? I mean, if a case can be made for that, yeah, then the case can be made happen. to say, well, Germany should be putting more into the into the central part. Yeah, and
1: it's, it's a case I wouldn't like to go argue argue in in Bonn uh, again. It's the, these things are politically just not feasible, mm. and that's the, that's the problem. They think the whole project to get beyond where it is now to actually being a viable state is not politically feasible. So you, the European Union is going to continue being a region which. Underperformed because it's been designed to underperform, mm. and in that case, I say, well, the best thing to do is, you know, that's the, the, something which moves us towards breaking it up in such a way you can go back to national currencies. But uh, well, I would, yeah. but one thing I'd like to have in that case, uh, continue the euro for international trade. Have the um, national currencies re- reborn, but when you travel from one country to another and you exchange lira for franc. It's done by the central banks at 100% of the exchange rate. None of this rip-offs that annoy. Consumers when they go from one country to another, we've we, we spoken about
0: that before as well. So the yeah, idea of the yeah. euro existing as a sort of like a, uh, a a trading currency within Europe, and each country goes back to printing uh-huh. its own currency, yeah, uh, and it, uh, so it so it gets tagged, does it, or does it? Uh, I mean,
1: well, it'd just be a case the central banks would run all the currency exchanges inside Europe, right? Okay, so it's okay, that'd be simple. Back
0: to how things, you know, and it, back to how things were, but you would, which is going back to how things were with the EQ beforehand, which
1: except That with the additional feature the real one of the, the contributors so yeah consumers like having they, they have no monetary cost that they take the euro from Germany to Italy I right. uh, want to have the, if you're going to bring back national currency you need the same effect on national currency right. so I'm trying to figure but out what gonna, it would take
0: for you in that vote to have said oh, actually I want to stay so if the if the euro didn't well, exist
1: just, just avoiding what's happening with Northern Ireland that's it I mean if I, if I had experienced Northern Ireland, before the vote, I think about my first couple of trips from Northern Ireland after the vote, mm. uh, you just get this feeling this is the powder keg and the last thing you want to do is drop anything even resembling a spark within reach of it. Right. And that's what Brexit potentially so, is.
0: So uh, 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 apart from the Northern Ireland issue, which is, a, which is a, a big concern, so obviously it sounds like you're saying, well, well maybe it's not such a good idea then because we, we, we don't want to have that powder keg go off to ignite aside from that it's, aside it's, it's, from that if if yeah. the euro didn't exist or if there was a move by Europe to say well let's go back to uh, to, uh, to sovereign currencies with the euro as a trading currency within the eurozone would you then be saying well okay happy with that i'd vote remain
1: yeah exactly yeah. Uh, it, it, to me it's the it's the fallacies, the flaws in the european union mm. that are and, and, and the particularly the eurozone that are a reason not to be part of the whole thing. Again, like one thing, let's be politically incorrect here. The whole idea we of always free are. movement. Don't, guess, make it
0: sound like free, it's a new departure for us.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know, just making a bit, a bit of a flag for the warning. But I'm, I'm not in favour of complete free movement either. Right. I think there... Uh, the, there is an extent to which you want to be able to main. I'm a great fan of migration in terms of how it's affected. If you remember Australia, uh, how, what a boring, you don't know how boring it was before you turned up. Mm. I remember when it was an Anglo Saxon country and my God, was it dull. It could actually, the national flag could have been replaced with a, with a chop and three vegetables and nobody would have I was shocked
0: actually when, and then obviously, yeah, influx of uh, Chinese and a lot of other nationalities and it becomes yeah. a far more interesting place. I was shocked actually. It's dramatically better. My, my relatives in uh, in Queensland, when I arrived and was introduced to them all, uh, I mean they were saying great, you know, great to see and this is awful. This is uh Yeah, go ahead. Yep. They were saying, Yeah, great to see more white faces turning up here. You know, we're we're sick of all these other mm. people moving in. About time we had more Brits, and I was there going, "Well, I don't know," as I agree with that. Surely, uh, you know, we're eat or we're all individuals, but uh, that was that that was the attitude at the time, with you know, and the, that was there, the that was the nineties.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's it, there's something in, in in not just in humanity, but in in species in general, uh, which leads to a slight rejection of the other, which is part of how speciation actually comes about. Yeah. So, in terms of saying we've got to be. Uh, you, and, and but You can't, can't
0: call what, it racism, though, when you're looking at Germans or French. I mean, they are. You know, I mean, they're, they're, you know, there's no, there's no difference apart from how they speak a different language.
1: Uh, well, again, it's, it's a cultural thing as well as as as, uh, as as anything vaguely resembling ethnicity and culture. I think is far more dominant these days than mm. uh, than the ethnicity issue. But you 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 want it, Cultures need a certain amount of inertia uh, to have momentum at the same time. To enable the, the con- continuity. And when you want to have people, uh, a, a rate of migration can potentially overwhelm that. Uh, in some cases, you want that to happen. I think the, the what happened in a, in a cultural sense to Australia during the early of multicultural was fabulous. Um, but you don't want to come to the stage where it overwhelms you because again, this is something we've seen in research into reactions of, to new waves of migration. It's the most recent migrants who are most opposed to the next wave of migration. Yes, always, largely right. because their jobs are the ones which are which are vulnerable to the new wave of migration. So the whole idea of free movement, uh, and of course it mainly wasn't free movement of labour as much as free movement of capital. Uh, there's an extent to which you want to have restrictions there again because a certain amount of variation and diversity is part of a well-functioning biological system. And ec- economics has made the huge mistake of pretending it's non-biological. Well, doesn't, but doesn't it,
0: it? Won't it level itself out a little? little bit though so if you had uh, first of all let's get the definitions right so if we talk about a free movement of labor i.e you can move to another country within the eu if you've got a job Uh, Or, or you know, or a a prospect of a job within a few months. So you can't claim welfare. You can only go there and Mm. and earn money. Uh, And if you find everyone's moving to a particular area, then isn't it going to be the 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 case that then they are going to demand uh, higher wages because there's going to be a a surplus of uh, of labor? They're going to demand higher wages, and then all of a sudden, companies are going to say, "Oh well, there's no point in being there. We might as well be in another part of the European
1: Union." It's actually the opposite effect applies. Uh, what you've got is people moving to areas where the wages are higher and depopulating the remaining areas, and uh, people. So why wouldn't in companies where- say,
0: "Well, okay, let's go to those." Those areas where the oh, because there's less labour, I guess, jobs yeah, and
1: there's, a, there's less demand as well. But like, if you've got mobility I
0: mean, of labour, then people would move back to those areas. So we've we've well, seen ten, you've, we've you've seen ten. For example, we've seen this ten percent drop in the population or more. I think of the population of of Greece, and a lot of it is the you know, that's the whole population. If you look at the working age population, it's much more. But companies said, well, okay, and and
1: that actually leads to a decline. It actually destroys Greece ultimately. I mean, I've, but why wouldn't companies say, well, let's move to Greece because there's Be, not many people there? So
0: To pay them much because they'll be grateful for for the same
1: reason. All the Italian restaurants in Sydney are in Norton Street. There's a hint for travellers. There's there's a congregation effect, and that is a, a. you know a viable society will generate those little concentrations and if you have people leaving an area it tends to continue leaving it's it's this whole that it's, it's applying on a large scale the work of a guy called hotelling about the the locational aspects of economics yeah. and there are arguments you, you don't want to have free movement for example this is the classic illustration free movements of ice cream stands on a beach because they'll move towards each other to try to take each other's competition mm. and ultimately all the ice cream is fall from one location on the beach you'd rather fall also to be distributed along the whole promenade, so people don't have to walk so far to get their ice creams. Uh, that is a locational reason to have some controls over over free movement, both of labour and capital. Okay. So I think there's. Yeah. What, so, so yeah. yeah
0: okay so okay i take your point so uh, company and, and also companies need suppliers as well There's the whole supply chain thing and you yeah. want to so, yeah, be you want right to be right. close to your supply chain which of course is another issue where we've got to be concerned about the, the border between ireland and northern ireland because how much stuff is going backwards and forwards uh, across those borders which is why it needed to be resolved which perhaps this agreement does resolve and a no deal brexit wouldn't in fact a no deal brexit would put a border right across Ireland and uh, return to violence and all of those uh, those you know those supply chain issues would return but look yeah. if we did have if we don't get a resolution i think there's a real chance that the, it, this is an unresolvable problem even with Boris's interim agreement Uh, This is just a stepping stone to the final agreement And his hope is that we are going to get A final agreement Which will basically see uh, tariff-free trade Between Britain and the rest of Europe But that's not going to fly, is it? Because that's like being a member of the club Without paying membership of it So...
1: We, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, but, again, it's the whole it's it's not is not going to fly. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the trouble. We have a an impossible uh, situation, uh, and it's caused. It's led political paralysis in the UK.
0: Yeah, because <laughs> well, it's impossible. So, how much is it? Yeah. How much it going to hurt? So, let me give you a few facts and figures. I know you like it when
1: I give you facts and figures. And do indeed. So, 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 so mate, you have your facts and figures—they're gorgeous. Ten
0: percent of what we export to the EU is cars. Cars would have in a No Deal Brexit a 10 percent eu tariff on them at the same time japan has a free trade deal now with the european union over the next 10 years they're going to have free travel a free trade zero tariffs between japan and the eu japanese manufacturers account for more than 40 percent of british car outputs uh, at the same time, we've also got, you know, this move to electric cars as well. So you're having to retool. If you're having to retool a, fa- a factory in, I don't know, let's say, for example, Sunderland, which was overwhelmingly a remain vote area, and you've got the prospect of making it a home with, uh, okay, so it, it's got to travel further, but you've, you you have you've got that whole, you know, proximity argument in terms of the technology, and you can export without any tariffs into the EU, or you could do it outside the EU, in the UK and face a 10% tariff, what are you going to do? Surely you're going to close your UK car plants down, aren't you?
1: Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, there's, there, there are potential damages like that, particularly, again, if you've got the, you know, the, the obsession with free trade in general uh, means that if you're stuck behind tariff walls and others aren't, then you have a, obviously a massive handicap. But 10%, I mean, uh, back when I was involved with the uh, trade union movement and the whole issue of protection in australia tariffs with the order of 40 and 50 percent and of course those are the level of tariffs that that donald trump is throwing down right now in his battles with china and germany uh yeah 10 10%, percent actually i mean this
0: is a point nigel farage makes i hate to uh uh, anything nigel farage says but he says yeah well you know that things like that will will disappear because of the weakness in the pound so uh
1: yeah, 10% is not the sort of change that can't be wiped out by a currency alteration. 30% and 40% you're talking a more serious no. fall. But something in the order of 10%, you know, relatively minor price adjustments are going to be the right. issue there. so long
0: as we have a weaker pound. But how long is the finance sector going to be happy with a weaker pound, for example?
1: Well, I really care about the happiness of the finance
0: sector. know, but I'm market. just talking about the word that were the parasites. Okay, another one. Let me give you another one. Dairy products. Mm-hmm. Uh, 43.7 percent tariff on dairy products into the eu 1.6 billion pounds of our dairy products are exported and 78 percent of that in value goes to the eu that's an industry that's going to be decimated
1: yep that's 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 something you can't get over with just a, a currency fall. definitely that's pretty huge sugars
0: and confectionery Uh, 27.5% tariff 73% of our chocolate exports go to the EU that's about 400 million uh, dollars worth of products so Terry's chocolate orange and uh, ground tree macintosh and all that sort of stuff uh, Mm. made here that's another industry that's surely going to suffer 27.5% tariff
1: yeah, I mean, that, that, I'm normally reacting to knowing that, generally speaking, tariffs are well below 10%. Uh, when you're talking in the 25 and 30 and 40% range, yes, then going from no tariff to something of that scale is going to be a whammy on your business.
0: So and this whole thing about gravity models, because we look at and say, well, OK, well, you know, we'll, we'll do more trade with with uh, the U.S. And, uh, you know, we have Donald Trump saying he's going to give us the best trade deal ever. Uh, I wonder if he realizes that, you know, we actually have a trade surplus uh, with them. And, you know, he's obviously going to want to correct that. But gravity models have got to be fairly important in all of this, hasn't it? The fact that it is a lot easier to trade and, you, you know, you mentioned uh, climate change. The fact It's a lot easier to trade with people who are just over the channel rather than across an ocean.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, I think that's I think it's going to be a growing trend, uh, given the climate situation over the next twenty or so years. That uh, it's going to be long long you know, long range trips, which are, you know, are putting large amounts of goods in diesel powered uh, vessels. I think that's going to become a, a, a no no, and there'll be a lot of force to bring stuff back. To either local uh, within one with national borders, or not particularly far, and uh, of course the channel qualifies as not particularly far, and we have the tunnel. i link there as well, as well as the uh, across the channel. So, um, yeah, it, it does make sense. And
0: you, you know, you've spoken a lot about uh, sort of the, you know complexity models. You know how much industries work with with other industries to develop products. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're isolated from, from, you know, you don't have a particularly complex network of uh, infrastructure of businesses, then it's harder for you to create any goods whatsoever. I mean, the, you'd have to look at the complexity across the whole of Europe, wouldn't you, and treat that as as one, which is going to be far more complex than the complexity you'd see of industry within the UK. And it's going to be hard for the UK to replicate that, to be able to, you know, even if it wanted to produce stuff domestically, it's going to be harder for it to do that without the rest of Europe
1: involved in that supply chain at the same time you have very high complexity ratings for a country like switzerland uh which has done very well keeping out of virtually everything in europe uh, for its mm. history and 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 like in norway as well a very high rating there because they have reinvested uh their their uh, oil surplus back into their industrial capability to mine the oil and then they've an entire industrial machine tool industry which uh which England would have every, every UK with every right in envying because it's so much better than what's left in the UK. So, um, those sorts of issues. It's uh, so a much yes. smaller
0: economy though than ours, isn't it? I mean, much smaller
1: and, and much, and, and uh, I actually, let's, I'll you for check that particular one up, but I've got a feeling it's complexity rating going to be within, certainly within reach of the uh, you know, UK, which is short should not be the case given the relative difference in scale.
0: Yeah. So, do you think then that the Europe's held us back in that case? We should have a higher complexity rating, but we haven't because we've become lazy because so much else is done within, within continental Europe.
1: That is quite 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 feasible. Certainly, turning away from manufacturing is a large part of the uh, what there was of a British embrace of the European Union, mm. and what you saw is that over that period of time. Uh, pretty much the last 30, 35 years, manufacturing has gone from being 20% of the UK economy to 10, while it's remained at 20% of the German economy. So to re- to re- partly the English as well for the lazy will we'll, we'll specialise in services, they can specialise in manufacturing. Um, to me, that's always been a fallacy. One of my favourite little sayings is that there is such a thing as a post-industrial society. It's called hunting and gathering. Well, a lot of our uh,
0: industrial society, of course, is up north, and a lot of it is uh, now is uh, funded f- from foreign direct investment, like, for example, Japanese car plants, and it's uh, and it and, and it is then exported to Europe. So, if we look, uh, you know, the impact, if if there is indeed any impact at all from tariffs, so I'll ask you about that in a second. You sort of half answered that question but 61% of goods exported from Wales and Northern Ireland go to the EU. In the northeastern Yorkshire, it's 60% of goods. It's It's a lot less as a percentage of goods from the south of England. So actually, the regions that voted to leave are the ones that are most dependent on producing goods which are exported to the European Union. So that sounds a bit like Turkey's voting for Christmas, unless, as I think you're trying to say, well, let's not get too hung up about the tariffs because they're probably not going to have too much impact.
1: Yeah, to me, it's, it's a scale of impact uh, is not as great as people are worried about. Uh, if you had your, your government spending and your investment was substantially large, then you could that sort of dropping out of a trade block uh, would not be a major issue. It wouldn't cause a, you know a total social breakdown, which is the way it was being presented. By the way, just into those complexity rankings, it's <laughs> number one in the list is Japan. Number two is Switzerland. Uh, the UK mm. is actually higher up than I thought I thought it might be. It's number number fourteen, uh, well ahead of Norway. But again, the population difference factor of ten to one, uh, Norway number forty. So uh, Norway is well and truly competing above its weight. The UK in terms of complexity is pretty miserable.
0: Right. Well, so there we are. What? But what do they make in Switzerland? We may, maybe we can undercut them on cuckoo clocks.
1: What? What? Because um, our labour going to be so much players. cheaper, or tennis players? Yeah, what else do they make? Uh, an enormous it, amount, obviously. Which again, they mm. have focused upon their industrial base and technology uh, in innovation and manufacturing, and the UK has let it wither.
0: But would it return? That's the. I mean, that is the question. Are we going to find that after an uncomfortable period, Britain will get back to manufacturing? We, it's the chicken and egg argument, isn't it? We get back to the one about tariffs. If the tariffs aren't that great, who cares? It's not going to be enough of an incentive to re That's
1: the danger. I mean, there's no guarantee that... So we want the
0: um, EU to put their tariffs up. It'll make <laughs> everything more expensive, but it'll force us to do more ourselves.
1: Yeah, well, I think we're going to be forced over... That's one thing I expect to see with the, the, the climate change over time being literally forced to do more for yourself because the carbon cost of of importing uh, will will become uh, regarded as too excessive and we'll have policies blocking those, which might as well be tariffs in their effect. Mm. But, yes, with the, whether the UK can actually reindustrialize, industrialize uh, yeah, a very, very big question. So what do you –
0: okay, so, so two questions to finish with and I'll answer them as well. Uh, the, the questions are what do you think is going to happen in the end and what, what should happen? Uh, my answers are, well, I think we should stay in and try and drive change within – uh, because you know, it, it's always because circumstances will change, uh, and politics will change, and, and personalities will change over time. So, th- so nothing we we're looking at an institution is is just a, a structure, and it can it can be changed by the people who, who form part of that structure. As to what's going to happen, uh, I suspect that uh, that. That, uh we're, ne- we're we're going to be locked in deadlock for another year the government is never going to agree anything we're going to have a hung parliament they're not going to agree there's another people there'll be another people's vote and I suspect we probably
1: will remain yeah I think remains is going to be the outcome as well um it, but and is that the best it,
0: and is that the best what would you really like how if how would you solve this problem if
1: you were well, if northern, Ireland, northern Ireland to me just means that we should never have had the vote in the first place mm. Uh, that 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 is the that's that's the the bottom line for me so that's um, unless we can convince Ireland to leave (laughs) (laughs) Uh, good luck with that Um, so i yeah if if i'd known the northern Ireland situation more thoroughly and suddenly if i'd seen the level of confusion that's been caused by this whole thing i would have not even bothered voting i would have uh, you know effectively joined you back in australia again to avoid being there for the vote um but i i I think it's going to come to nothing. I think we're going to be stuck in the same quandary uh, because there'll no way the, 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 we're more likely to see another hung parliament after this one than I think a victorious one. The, um, we were all talking about Boris Johnson being a campaigner and having charisma and so on. Um, but he's this, this is the place where we, we take the battle out of the arena of Parliament where the procedures and rules are very much in favour. Of the, of the government of the day, and you go on the hustlings, and we saw how effective Jeremy Corbyn was last time yeah. around versus Theresa May. Because the media so, controls,
0: because the media has to report each side equally, and uh, so you have a balanced debate.
1: Compared to what happens right now. Compared to what happens so normally, you, yeah, where it's yeah. Who, the so most
0: I'd, charismatic person gets the most airtime.
1: Yeah, so I so what we're really saying, we're finishing up the discussion by discussing how we think the election is <laughs> going to go.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, it's going to be a hung parliament. I think and it'll be a so hung we, parliament
1: yeah. most likely. Yeah, I yeah, certainly yeah. don't see a landslide victory for for Johnson. That's what he's going to campaign to get. However, right.
0: So anyway, in in, in I've I've got my answer. If you if you had the chance to vote again, you would vote Remain. Yeah. Because of the whole Northern Ireland. And Northern Ireland, right? fundamentally, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there we are. We, we agree at the end. Good to Long talk, shot. Steve.
1: <laughs> brick exhaustion. We forgot brick exhaustion. exhaustion.
0: We've all got, we've certainly got all, that, all of that. Yeah, we're
1: definitely Exhausted. Yeah. Right,
0: that's it. We've done Brexit. We don't need to do it ever again in our lives. Thank so we'll God catch for you again that. next week. See you soon. Okay. I'm glad we sorted all that out. Now, next time on the Debanking Economics podcast with Professor Steve Keane, we will be looking at the pay gap can it ever be bridged? Are we making any headway? And if so, what's the best way of tackling this issue? Uh, We'll look at all of that next time on the Debunking Economics podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. I'll be back then too. Thanks for listening.